Hi everyone and welcome to the Perma Podcast. It's really great to be with you all today. I'm James Prescott, I'm your host and today I'm delighted to welcome some new guests to the um, Perma Podcast. Um, um, welcome to uh, uh, Jelida and Sean Alter from uh, the band The Blacksmith's Daughters. Welcome, mm-hmm. great to have you. Thanks James, good to be here. Um, now you're now. Just tell us about this about about the band because I know that you're not the only members of this of this little band, the Blacksmith's Daughters. Um, who are the people who are not not with us today? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, basically, the, the the core of the band is is Jolada and her sister. I, I remember um, before we even started dating, we're married now. Before we even started dating, I heard her and her sister sing harmony together. And I thought, oh, this is an amazing, you know, this is an amazing sound. So the core of, of the group is, is really her and her sister, uh, Jolada and Anella, singing harmony together. Um, I play guitar. Uh, Anella's husband plays ukulele and percussion. And then we have another couple that um, are professional violinists and uh, viola. So, also married. Also married. So three, three married couples uh-huh. is, is really the core of the band. Uh-huh. Awesome. That's awesome. So, t- so kind of just tell us the story about how the band kind of came together. How the, the story of how you kind of formed. Yeah, I mean, it was it was kind of like that. I I, I mean, Anella and Jelida, I, I think, had been in a band, even though it was not formal formally a group since you were twelve. Mm-hmm. We've we've always been singing. I can I can think back to oh, that's the first song we ever sung harmony on. Or this is the first song that really wanted to make me a singer. And it was always with my sister. And right away, as teenagers, we started to write music together. But it was always just a side thing that we were doing. Um, we were all we were pursuing music, but we were pursuing music in a much more classical way. Uh, my sister's mm-hmm. a piano instructor, and I, be- I became a K-12 public school teacher. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, like for some reason... Maybe it's because our parents grounded us. Like they always wanted us to have music, but they kept saying, "Like music is for your enjoyment. Music grounds you. Music gives you something for the rest of your life to find happiness in." But it was never like a push of like you have to be the best. You have to like uh, just push yourself to extreme. It was very. It was a happiness. So I suppose it took us a little bit to just think about it in a profession mm. yeah there's always that with any kind of creative thing and I, I'm a writer as well so I, I know a bit about this there's always this balance between like you know doing it because you love to do it because you love creating <laughs> stuff um, because you love the creative process um, mm-hmm. and then the kind of well yeah but I've got to pay the bills somehow you know and if I want to spend and if I want to spend more time doing this then I need to somehow find a way to, to pay the bills which kind of allows me mm-hmm. that time you know um you know um i do, i find i try and do that with coaching writers that's what i that's how i try and fill that kind of gap and i love coaching writers anyway so it's not like a uh, it's not like work to do that but um but yeah there is that difficult kind of balance isn't there so what kind of pushed you to really just go for it in terms of like going pro as it were yeah, I mean, Jelida was already in uh, her first band, um, a rock band, a rock band, and um, I, I would go and see her. You know, I was dating her, and I would go and see her play, and and I, I, I just, I mean, I just it was right at the forefront of my mind the whole time. It was just like, uh, I, I'm a musician, 
I'm really close with you. I have been in bands. I've always been recording. Um, I mean, right from the beginning, I, I started recording her and her sister. We did a, a Christmas CD together initially. Um, and I was, I was just talking to her about like, well, do you just want to do this full time? I mean, I know you're, you're meeting with this band once, once a week, but I would love to be doing some music with you because the, the areas that you're really good at, I lack it. She's an amazing singer. So I, I, I have always been looking for good singers to work with and, and having two of them <laughs> in one family is a really rare thing. So, mm. and, and there's some, there's other pluses that you get when you have siblings that are, that are singing together. The voices blend really nicely. And my goal from the beginning was just to get them recorded, you know, get this on record. And, um, as far as playing out that I figured that would all come later once, once we, you know, had, had some songs that we were proud of. So once, once I just kind of kept asking that and I asked her what she wanted and then do you want to be in a group? Um, she, she decided yes. And then, then we had to convince Anella and then once she got on board, her husband got on board and then, uh, we, we did that Christmas CD it was the first thing we did as a project together which is actually something her and her sister had been doing for years. Well, and actually adding on the members, it, it was like, um, it was a separate thing. Each member was separate. It was first like, okay, yeah, Sean, um, let's do something together. And it wasn't at that moment going to be the blacksmith daughters. But then we started rehearsing together and I'm living with my sister at that point. So then she's there seeing this and then it was an open invitation. It was like, well, you want to make music with us? Yeah. And then that's when we decided on the name. And then while well, Nell is there, and then it was like, of course, we. her husband plays everything. He's a band teacher. Um, so he really knows all the instruments. And then, I mean, we're just surrounded by so many talented people. And it's usually just like we're rehearsing. And then they add something in. And we're just like, wow, that's amazing. We should keep doing this. And so uh, Jeremy and Krista were our last two that were added on. And it was exactly that. It was just like, uh, we have a song. You want to just, you know, we, we don't have this part figured out. You want to practice with us and help us figure this part of the song. Mm. And then they add something that's amazing. And it just seems right. And so then it just recently, maybe just uh, three months ago, really finalized on the six of us. That's awesome. That really is. Um, it just seems like a really natural, organic kind of evolution, you know. Um, so the Blacksmith Daughters, is that because of your um, maiden names? Or is that another uh, reason for that? Yes. Uh, Anella and I, uh, our father, our grandfather, our great uncle, they're all blacksmiths. Right. Okay. Uh -huh. It's a big family heritage. It saved our family during World War II. Yeah. Um, my grandfather was captured by the Nazis, and he wasn't killed right then because he was sent away to work for the Nazis as a blacksmith. Wow. So it's a really proud heritage, and my father is still doing it. Um, I have two brothers that are still pursuing blacksmithing as a career. Goodness, wow. So yeah, so it was really, I mean, when we thought of the name, it was just like, of course, that's what we are, because yeah. it means so much to us. Yeah, it's a very personal name. I mean, it actually sounds really kind of cool as well. When I first, I didn't know that when I found when I first found out about the band, and, and um, I just thought, this is a really great name, you know, it's like a, just a really good name for a band. Um, but with the story, yeah, I mean, that just kind of, that makes it, I think that's really, really cool. 
Guess... As a writer, you're, you're looking for the story, right? <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah, bad habit. <laughs> um, yeah, that's right. Yeah, but I, I must admit, I have to admit though that when I listen to music, if I know the story behind the person that made it or the story behind the album or whatever it is, I connect with it a lot more. Like, um, um, Acting Baby is my favourite album. And one of the reasons for that is because there's this documentary, which is basically the story behind the album, like with lots of old like video footage from when they were making it and like interviews with them now about what happened and the creative process behind it and, you know, and all that kind of thing. And when you hear all of that uh, and you hear like the original jamming sessions that they had to try and mm-hmm. find the music. So when you hear all of that, it's kind of like, wow, you know, like I just connected with it. And I often watch that actually when I'm needing some creative inspiration because it's it's kind of a an example of true authentic creativity, I guess. So the story always matters to me. Yeah, um, yeah, I always kind of look for that. <laughs> yeah, I guess that is a habit of writers, isn't it? Um, so tell us a bit about like your songwriting and like recording process because um, from what we you said to me like outside of the interview, it's a bit different to how a lot of other bands work. Yeah, and, and that's part of being, I mean, you're from a family of craftsmen, and mm-hmm. and really what what we find over and over is the more you can do yourself, the the more control you have, uh, the more um, the more ability you have to, everything from saving money to having a, 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 the final result of, um, of something that you're really proud of. So um, I already had all the recording gear, and I've just added to it since then. So, I mean, just like hearing them sing together, the first thing I want to do is put microphones in front of them and, and really, in my opinion, do their voices justice. Because I've heard their other recordings and, and they were performance-wise, they were very good. But I wanted to have them technically sound. I wanted a, a professional-level sound recording. And that's something we've gone on a, on a kind of a fun journey because we thought that to get that sound, maybe we'd have to go to a recording studio uh, spend you know a thousand or two thousand dollars minimum, knock it all out in in one shot, and then um, you know have have it completed all by somebody else. And yeah. and what we found was is we can record it ourselves. We can develop the song, record it, do all the parts ourselves, have the whole thing done. And and when you're uh, when you're recording, basically there's two processes. There's the recording session the actual tracking of the of the song and then there's the mixing process hmm. and the mixing process is something that i i'm not a professional on and that's something that to this day will if we want something to be uh professional level sounding we we will do a really good sound recording and then we send it out to have it mixed mm-hmm. so basically everything from the the writing improving the song recording it editing it, getting it all just the way we want it. And then we send it out to uh, a professional, uh, Wesley Berger is his name. And mm-hmm. he, uh, he does phenomenal work. And um, we, we were, were always in touch with him and we're always sending him our sessions. And, and he just does all the final mixing and mastering. And you really get to decide just people you want to work with. Like sometimes when you go into an organization, like you, you may be connected to one person, but then in the end you have to work with all these people. Like we would get to really just choose like, we love every single person we're working with. 
like their quality of work and just who they are as a person. Yeah, sooner or later it all becomes personal. You, know, <laughs> you, you always end up being friends with people. Yeah, that's that's it's really great when that happens, isn't it? Like, like even right, even yeah, when you do that, even with a book, um, mm-hmm. I've noticed that too. When you kind of when you because writing a book is a collaborative pro- uh, process as well. Like people think that some people think that writing a book um, is simply about um, um, uh, is about like the, per- the just the author writing his stuff or her, or her mm-hmm. stuff. And actually, there's, it's a lot more than that because you have, you know, an editor and you have um, a publisher and you have a cover designer and you have a proofreader and you have an um, uh-huh. internal designer, you know, and it's like books don't happen on their... Like, no, no book is the product of one person, you know, so... Probably no creative idea happens on its own. No. Even if you no. start off with it, it takes so many people mm. to make it come into a product that yeah. you can actually do something with. I, I yeah, that's the, completely agree, yeah. Uh-huh. That's, that's an interesting thing about the, the publishing world is um, it's, it's, it seems to me, and correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems to me uh, getting published is kind of akin to how it was 20 years ago with the music business getting a record deal. Mm-hmm. Um, artists in, in the music industry can theoretically, if, they're, if, they, if you do it the right way, you can you know make... Uh, a release and have it be successful independently sometimes. But I don't think that from what I know of the publishing industry, you can actually release a book on your own. I mean, you can do it, but you still are relying on, on publishers kind of like record labels. Well, um, well, self, I mean, to be honest though, self publishing is really taking off. Um, like, and it's actually really easy to self publish. I mean, you need a little bit of money to do it, but not too much. And, um, and I mean, um, I would recommend self-publishing to people, like you know, oh. because um, it, if you've got the money, because um, you can get it proofread, edited, formatted, designed, and everything like that, um, and then you can publish it, um, and you can you, know, you can hire people to help you promote it and stuff. And there's a lot of people that make a living out of self-published books. Uh-huh. Literally, like millions of dollars. Like, um, I mean, not that's not me, unfortunately. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like, there's still, I still think there's room for the traditional publisher. But um, I think that's, and I, and I think that's a good thing to get a publishing contract as well um, with a bigger publisher and get bigger distribution and all that kind of thing. And there's there's benefits of that. But I do think that. If you can't get that, it's not the end of the world. I think you can still get your work out there um, mm-hmm. as a writer, for sure. Um, you know, and it is difficult to get a contract. You know, um, most people don't get a, a contract. So, um, yeah, but but there's nothing wrong with self-publishing. It gives you a lot of creative control over mm-hmm. what you're doing. That's the real benefit of it. Um, um, and I like that, you know. If, I've, if there's ever a project that I want to do, which I really want to have complete control over creatively, I will self-publish it rather than take it to a publisher. You know, if there's, a, if I've got a book where, you know, you still where it will benefit from having a publisher look at it and and promote it and market it and print it and everything like that, um, where, you know, where I can let them have a bit more control, then I will do that as well. You know, I think there's room for both. So. Um, it is interesting though how things are changing because there's a lot more power in the 
I feel there's a lot more power in the creator's hands now than there used to be, which is a good thing. Um, we need more. We need the we, we need the creative people having the power. <laughs> right. Right. Uh huh. Um, yeah, it's, it's, I guess there is a lot more uh, in common there. I mean, uh, to, even with, with, I guess we're, we're talking about the differences between releasing a, a book and releasing an album, but um, it's still always the challenge is to you create something the best that you could possibly do it with, with your group, you know, and then how do you get it in front of people so they actually notice it? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, how, how, do you, how do you get that book in front of people that you think would like it? Uh, how do you get that record in front of people that you think would like it? And that's that's always, um, regardless of the era, <laughs> that's always that's always a challenge. You know, it's always something you know that uh, that you have to be creative in itself just to just to find a way to get in front of the of, of people who you think would enjoy it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, yeah. It's it's work. You know, um, <laughs> you have to have you have to you really do have to enjoy the work because if you don't enjoy the work. And you're just looking mm-hmm. at the result, then you're never gonna, you won't get anywhere. Um, yeah, absolutely. Especially because most of these endeavors at first don't make you money, mm-hmm. so you have to just enjoy what you're doing yes. because that reward isn't going to be there right away. Yes, I, I, I completely agree. Yeah. Um, yeah. So okay. So um, let's talk about the the story behind your your work. What are your kind of <laughs> What's your influences like in terms of what your in terms of your personal journeys, like your you know, and your spiritual journey? How, how have they kind of impacted the work that you do uh, and the music that you make? Well, all six of us are involved in some way in educating education and education of youth. So right away, we wanted to do something that we could proudly show all the people, all the students that we're involved with. Mm. So it's a different standard. It's not a typical music standard of like, let's just make sure it sells. It's like, no, let's make sure this is wholesome. This is something good to be putting out there. There's, there's so much just nasty, ugly, hateful, things out there, especially now. So right away, we've decided as a group, and I mean, we've even verbalized this. Let's put out positive. Let's put out love, good messages, uh, uplifting. And it doesn't mean that it always has to be love songs. We do a lot of love songs, obviously. Um, but it's just, in the end, the message has to be, you have to contemplate it in a way that it makes you want to do better. Yeah, and, and you know, being in education and, and all being music majors to a degree, we all had a love of classical music. Mm-hmm. You know, we all had a love of um, the great composers in Europe and the great composers in America. Um, the the kind of uh, music that you learn about in music history, you know, your classical era, your Baroque era, your, your Romantic era, and we all have at least that common understanding of, of where music has been, mm. and. Um, and for me personally, I, I've always loved rock and roll the most. Um, but the types of rock and roll music that I like, um, you know, like, you know, your own, England's own Muse. I mean, those those guys are a great rock band, but they're yeah. outstanding um, classical. Yeah, uh, they incorporate classical elements to their rock songs. Yeah, I mean, I was actually gonna, literally going to mention them when you said that, like, because 
Um, I went to see them last year live, which was just phenomenal. Um, phenomenal. And I, I, the person I went with, we were talking about it, and it was like, and I didn't know they were classically trained beforehand, but when they told me, my, uh, it was, it, it, was uh, it was like, oh yeah, of course. They, like, they are, you can tell, you can tell they're classically trained musicians. Like, you know, there's something about their music where you can just, like, it's almost, especially being, going and seeing them live, it's kind of, it wasn't a concert, it was kind of a musical experience. It was, that's what it was. Um, and they reminded me a lot of Queen, and their Queen were classically trained as well. Like, um, mm-hmm. um, so there is something about that, that it, it, it says something that you can be classically trained and still make rock and roll music. You know, that, I think that's a really positive thing. Um, and we kind of need more of that, probably. So We've been messing around with the idea that maybe we're classical pop, <laughs> making up a genre. That's awesome, yeah. Create, create your own genre, yeah. Good idea. Classical uh-huh. pop, yeah. That's, yeah. Another thing we strive to do, and this probably first came up by accident, but now we really love it, is we want real instruments. Because mm. there's, with real instruments, you can create so many different sounds instead of just like plugging it into a computer. Mm. Uh, and at first it's just like, well, that's the materials we have. And we have an exorbitant amount of real instruments because we have a band teacher, we have string teachers, uh, we have just, even if maybe we don't own it, we have so many people we can borrow instruments from mm-hmm. and, and we all have a lot of skills. So we just find the real thing and we use it. Yeah, being in music education, uh, you know, for example, we're working on a song right now, and we need a we need a, a we never use a drum set. We've never used a drum set in any of our recordings, and we're deciding on this particular song. We really do need a drum set, and we know a great drummer, so we can just go to him. Hey, and and that's the fun thing about this project is is we can work with different people um, in each song, um, not even each album, but each song is its own project. So it's it's fun because uh, you can use completely different instrumentation for each track. Mm, yeah and you're also not limited by you know like at a recording studio we're going to have six hours so gosh that you know that i don't know just like that that castanet isn't worth it for the time because we'd rather put a drum set or just like like when and when time is crunched just just like well, what do you really have time for? And we're like, well, we have time for everything. Let's record it. If that doesn't sound good, we're going to try something else. Mm. Let's get the best sound. Yeah, it gives us a little bit more time to experiment because we're not paying $100 an hour at a recording studio. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. There's so much freedom there, isn't there, when you don't have those constraints. I've actually been to a recording studio because a, a friend of mine from here in the UK um, went paid, paid some money and recorded some songs in a recording studio once and just took me with him for the experience and it was yeah it blew my mind but it is quite it is quite constraining as well in some ways like um it's because it was a lot smaller than i thought um so yeah that that i just i kind of love those ad hoc kind of spur of the moment things you just almost like cooked up like like bite like without too much kind of I don't know what the word is. <laughs> right, or I don't know what the word is. 
too much method. It's just natural. Yeah, it's kind of I organic. Think. You know, it's kind of like let's all just set our instruments up in the lounge and just record. You know, that kind of thing, rather than kind of being. I mean, there's nothing. There's, there's a place for for strategy and like planning and all that kind of stuff, but. Um, Sometimes when you're just jamming, that's when you can the music. That's I when mean, you our get. downfall is it takes us a lot longer because we also can be like, oh, but maybe this little thing that almost doesn't matter, maybe that would be better. Let's give it a try. Let's spend two more hours. <laughs> yeah, you can obsess about the details too much. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So in terms of like, is there like a spiritual kind of faith element and like to your work at all? Like, is there any kind of, yeah. Yeah, I mean, for sure, um, the gratitude and the gratefulness that we all understand that we have just to have the opportunity to do this. Mm. Um, I don't feel like I can be all that angry or or have uh, much negativity in, in especially our group because I've never been so happy to have an opportunity to create music together. Um, I've created music a lot, a lot for a long time by myself, but when I met um, you know, my wife and, and, and everybody else, I just couldn't believe that this was happening. You know, I couldn't believe that you know, things had finally clicked and I actually had a group of people that were aspiring me to be a better musician. So spiritually for me, just the gratitude of having this opportunity. You know, I didn't, I didn't think, I thought once you're out of your 20s, you know, okay, well that was your time to be in a band and now that I'm 30, uh, I can't do that anymore. Um, or it's or it's too late. But I found with this group a lot of the things that I learned um, in my 20s helped facilitate us to record better or to um, orchestrate better. So just having the gratitude. I mean, for me personally, it's definitely gratitude and thankfulness to just have the opportunity to do this. Mm-hmm. People are giving their time, and like that's the most valuable thing anybody can give you. And so that all these people who we think, I mean, so many times I think like the other members, they're, they're more advanced, they're more technical musicians than I am and that they want to spend their time with me and they, they think it's completely worth it and they're happy to do it. And I, that's amazing for me to be blessed with so many talented people. Yeah. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's just, yeah. It's important to be reminded of that, isn't it? To be grateful for the opportunity. Uh-huh. Because you don't realise really sometimes, you take it for granted, you know, that you get to do these things and to share this stuff with people. And and it's important to to stay in that place of gratitude because it it helps you make better work in the end, actually, as well, I think. Um, and stay more, you know, authentic and keep your integrity, you know. Um, I mean, how have you balanced, kind of kept that balance, like, you know, with we want to stay true to our authentic creative voice, but we also want to make money from this. We want to sell our material, you know. How have you kind of managed to keep that integrity to your work? We've had quite a few talks, and in the end, we've decided really easily, we have to do exactly... <laughs> we, we're going to create exactly what we want. Uh, the music industry is so fickle that it's just like who knows even if you even if somebody said yeah right now what we need is this 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 and this the perfect combination it's going to sell who knows and then you just spend all this time making something that you kind of like like we're just like no we're gonna make something that we love because even if it doesn't make it 
we're so proud to have this. Mm, yeah. um, so I guess what we're going on is we're doing everything we can to make money. We are reaching out to people. We are we are trying to show people that we exist. We're trying to get the music to the right people. But in the end, we are still content with if all we have is our music that we created, we'll be happy. <laughs> yeah, sometimes uh, just just with this project that we've been working on now, a lot of the songs are about um, uh, Anella, Gelada's sister, and her, and her husband. And it's like I, I think to myself, you know what? If nothing else is a keepsake for them. I mean, they can show their kids and grandkids those songs, and they're and they're recorded really well. All these love songs, all these love songs for, to each other. Mm -hmm. But how else? I mean, how else would you, uh, James, be able to to finish your work and then and to go and write? You know, um, you know, after working for eight hours, you come home, and then the, the first thing I want to do is pick up my guitar and pick up my microphone and, and work on, um, you know, work on these songs. I it doesn't make me tired. You know, I might go in to there after a full day of work and be a little bit tired. And then all of a sudden I have all this energy to work till two in the morning. So, um, if it, I don't know how I would ever be able to, to not be authentic and not put out something that's 100% my life experience. If, uh, if I was trying to, to copy something else or, or react to a, a market demand, I, I just, I don't think I just don't think musicians do it that way anymore. Maybe there's a small segment that does, but I don't think you, I don't even think that's possible now. Mm, yeah. yeah, I mean, there's so many. I mean, there's so much manufactured music nowadays. It seems like. I mean, I I grew up in. This is going to show my age now. I grew up in the '80s. Like, um, you know, I was born like '77, and. So I grew up in the 80s and early 90s, you know, that was my... And there was so much original music then. It was just, like, so much experimentation and so much innovation and risk and, you know... Um, and it kind of... The late 90s, I guess, and then into the 2000s, it was kind of more, like, Pop Idol and X Factor and... Right, the voice and all these kind of things. Yeah, you know? we, we could talk about this one subject for hours. <laughs> I, I suppose that's also something inspiring to us. Like, we think it's inspiring that it's a little bit hard to label us. That we are trying to create something that, I mean, in the end, everything you create now seems to be like a hint of something old, because yeah. humans have been around for so long. It's always a hint of something, but we are truly. We're trying to make a sound so true to us that in the end, we're just like, gosh, I can't truly think of something that sounds like us. And we're, and we're just like, great, fantastic. Yeah. That's what we want, isn't it? Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, mm -hmm. I think that's what every artist should want anyway. Um, uh -huh. I, yeah, I mean, I think there's an element of, well, there's nothing that's really truly 100% original. You know, it's like we right. all kind of, we're all influenced by something. You know, we all take stuff from other people, you know. Um, you know, and um, you know, there's that phrase, "great artists steal." You know, so you just yeah. take you take from the people that influence you, and you bring it into who you are, and then you do something with it, and and then it becomes yours. You know, it's, and it's different because it's because it's yours. You know, yeah. I always yeah, say to people it's... like when I'm coaching writers that your story matters because it's your story. You know, and it might have similarities to other people's stories. It might have influences from other people but it's still yours because you're unique and so your story is unique and that's true for all our creative output whether it's music or writing or whatever it is you know 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's a it's a constant. The creative process uh, it's so obvious to me. It's a, just a constant. Um, you're you. I, I guess it might maybe writing um, when you're writing a song and you're writing lyrics. Maybe that's like a, a very common thing that we would have um, with 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 your students and, and with yourself. Is is when I'm literally writing lyrics or something, I write pages and pages and pages and pages, and then maybe I get one sentence that I like. Mm-hmm. And, and then it's the same thing with recording. We do hours and hours and hours and hours of recording. Then we get five seconds. And it's just this constant state of, of uh, just all this dilution and all this, um, this, this time that you're spending um, just to get a very small fraction of that, which is good. And I think the more times you do that, the better. Like the, I, I suppose with writing, if you do too many drafts, it could come, you, you could start tearing apart the meaning of what you're trying to do. But, but typically, if you do enough drafts, you, you, you know, by the fourth or fifth one, you say, hey, that's the one. Yeah. And uh, it's, yeah. it's the same thing with the creative process. Um, you know, you just get to the point where you've concentrated these three minutes or five minutes of, of a song to the point where you're, you know that, okay, this is it. Now, now we have it. And uh, there's no there's no time limit as to how long it takes to get there. But you spend, you know, you spend 40 hours getting three minutes just the way you want it. <laughs> mm. So, yeah, that's brilliant. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. I love that. And um, so what's kind of next for you? What's your pro- what's the project that you're working on right now that, that you want to share with people? Yeah, um, Gelada and I, because we probably because we spend the most time together, um, we're we're always going to work with the six of us. But but right now um, we're kind of looking at each other and we're wondering, okay, well, how do how do you and I make make a cohesive sound ourselves? So we're experimenting, um, just writing songs between the two of us using just the instruments that we have. And and, and one thing that I I think I saw a TED talk on was the definition of creativity is working with limitations. And, and with the Blacksmith Daughters, it almost feels like we don't have any limitations because we have so many different accesses to different instruments and musicians, and we can do anything and create any sound we practically want. Um, but with, with her just playing piano and singing and me playing guitar and doing backing vocals, um, working within those constraints is something that we're excited to try with just the two of us. And that, yeah, that'll be our creative process. Uh, the band in whole, we are recording our first full-length album. Awesome. Um, and it... Could and especially when you're recording it on your own, gosh, it's hard to say when it's going to be done. Uh, truthfully, I think the content will be done this summer, but we're just thinking about marketing and it might not be released until summer of 2018. Mm. Yeah, we're still we're still uh, figuring out with release dates because we will have it done soon. But but as you know, uh, uh, the the tide can come out when you release something and it can. <laughs> really quickly so mm-hmm. uh, we're, we're trying to be because uh, you know in addition to, to creating all the stuff yourself um, we've, we've been having to learn a little bit about uh, just getting it in front of people and and you know making one fan at a time so how do you do that and just figuring that out mm. yeah well I look forward to hearing that I really mm-hmm. do um, and, and, and how can people connect with you you're, you're on social media and all mm-hmm. that kind of thing um, our website is our name theblacksmithdaughters.com and then we have Facebook, we're on YouTube, we're on Twitter and we're on Instagram. Awesome. Yeah, and I've seen some of those videos on YouTube. They're brilliant. Seriously, check these guys out. They're um, they're great. Um, yeah, fantastic. So good talking to you. Um, 
I think we could probably talk a lot more about you know creativity <laughs> and, and um <laughs> and uh, authenticity and all this kind of stuff so um we'll have you back we'll do another one um um and uh, maybe talk to the other guys in the band as well um, yeah that'd be awesome um so um yeah okay so thanks everyone for listening and um take care and we'll we will talk soon <laughs>